What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'm the other co-host for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And uh, boy, Coach V, sounds like your voice is back in full strength just in time for one of the most awesome positions in Colorado. Yes, the strongest position in Colorado. It's offensive tackles. We're talking top five class of 2024, our seniors here in Colorado. The best offensive tackles in the state. This has consistently been the strongest group year in, year out since we've started this thing. I believe everyone who has made this list has went D1. Um, or as committed to D1, and that is pretty much the case, except for one on this year's list as well. But let me go ahead and break down how we do this thing. So we have 10 different categories where we give players a ratings anywhere between 1 to 10. Uh, ratings between 1 to 3 on any category means that they need improvement. 4 to 6 is about average. 7 to 8, we're looking at above average to good. As you approach that 8 mark, you are closer to a 3-star talent at that specific category. 8 to 9, that's a pretty big range there, but a lot of nuance there. That means good to great, so that's comparable anywhere between 3-star to 4-star uh, talents there. The closer you get to 9, the closer you are to a 4-star or even 5-star talent. And then 9 to 10, that's very good to elite. That is top-tier guys who could potentially carry over that skill or category to the NFL potentially and be successful there. But those are our 5-stars at least in that category and the 10 categories we got is versatility hand fighting pass protection run blocking reaction time awareness footwork agility strength and size we go ahead and add up me and cody individually evaluate all these players and then we go ahead and add up those scores to get our overall grade that is our personal evaluation grade personal as in myself i have my own cody has his own and then we go ahead and average it out add those scores together divide it by two and that is our pmc grade and then we basically just go down the line here the highest grades is our number one guy second highest two three four five and so there you go there we go ahead and do it that way for our pmc grades and for our top five seniors list just so you could know the process there and, and on top of that we have evaluated two of the top prospects at offensive tackle in the country here in the class of 2024 one is jordan seaton which is act who's actually committed to cu here the 6'6 290 pound tackle he graded out at a 94 overall uh and he's out of img academy by the way and then the other one is brandon baker a texas commit hook'em he's 6'5 290 pounds here and he hails from modern day the powerhouse out in cali so there you go there we use those guys kind of as a baseline to see where our guys stack up and honestly it's really interesting because a lot of our guys stack up really well compared to the top prospects around the country in our personal opinion and we graded pretty hard here isn't that right cody and is there anything else you want to add on to our explanation of the process here yeah no i think that you said Everything they needed to as far as this position group is by far Colorado's strongest. I would call us an export for sure when it comes to offensive tackles specifically. Offensive linemen across the board, honestly, out of the box state here. And this year's no exception. I mean, 
we really needed to grind on these grades because I mean the difference between being on this list and not being on this list was a tenth of a point this year. And then, you know, the difference between, you know, the sixth guy who didn't make it and the seventh is 0.1. And then the guy after that, it was 0.7 between being like eight and seven. So, and the gaps get even smaller on, on this list and whatnot, where the difference between even four and five was 0.15. So, you know, just an awesome position group that we meticulously studied. We saw all of these guys live at one point uh, during the season, actually, as a podcast. And I have been able to see all of these guys in person as well over the last two years, that is. And yeah, I mean, definitely was taking notes on all these guys and the guys that we that didn't make the list, we have also seen in action as well. So a highly scouted eye test involved as well for the majority of these guys. Obviously, analyzing the top player in the top recruits as well. It's just, it's an awesome position group. And all of these guys, I have a lot of confidence for them heading into the future. And also, if you hear your name on this episode recorded December 30th of 23, you are invited onto the show for an interview. So please reach out to us starting with our number five guy and all the way up. So Coach V, without further ado, you want to introduce our number five guy here? Yes, I got you. So our number five offensive tackle in the class of 2024 in Colorado is Golden's Montre Strickland. The 6'5", 315-pound tackle already starting out strong here. He is actually, and this is a spoiler alert, the only tackle, the only lineman on this list who is not committed yet, but don't get it twisted. He will be a steal for a lot of teams. Let's go ahead and get into the grades here, starting with the highest ones first. I gave him a 9.2 for size, uh, and I also, or sorry, here, let me check real quick. Yep, 9.2 for size and a 9 for strength and run blocking here. He's a pretty big dude at 6'5", 315. Even though he's not the tallest at 6'5", he does have some pretty long arms, I feel. So a pretty good wingspan that makes up for that allows him to reach out and go get those blocks. I mean, this is a strong dude who's just simply a people mover. There really wasn't anybody on the 4A level that was able to put up much of a fight against him as he just bully guys in the ground on on that run game over there for golden and you know golden especially this last year i mean they lost their quarterback jazo riley the fourth even though i mean he was a runner last year so he did block for him as well but you know this year was really important as they needed the run game to be a bigger deal and you know strickland he was a huge part of all that as he just cleared the way for luke chevalier and all the runners back there to go ahead and do their job and you know the number of times I just watched this kid get out there and just flat out pancake somebody and set the tone was uncountable, basically. I mean, so many times and some of the most impressive film I saw, I would say, I want to say, um, or I, I'm 
pretty sure, was against Green Mountain, who is a 3A squad, but they're a pretty physical team. Austin Contreras out there. He's an edge rusher who made our top five list. Blake Westland at linebacker. He's committed to UNC. Uh, he's a tough linebacker. I mean, they got some uh, pretty sizable dudes over there, and he handled them pretty well. Even though they didn't win the game, he still got his job done there. And so there you go there. Montre Strickland, he is a very good run blocker. I think that is very much the strength of his game. He's somebody who you could pretty much plug into that right tackle spot and maybe even slide him inside and I think he would succeed. I think he's somebody who will go ahead and set the tone for a lot of D1 teams on the next level because yes, I do believe he is a D1 prospect just based off his pure strength and run blocking ability and that's just my honest opinion. Cody, what do you think about that and what is your evaluation of his strengths and maybe some areas of improvements here for Montre Strickland? Yeah, so obviously, it's going to be the case with a lot of these guys. They are D1 size ready, which is not always consistent with other position groups here in Colorado. So that's a good thing to address up front here at that 6'5", 315 frame. But his run blocking for me was definitely the strongest category here, rated at a 9 for me. I mean, when he gets a push, he can zone block basically the entire defensive line another direction. Like, he can block multiple people, he can push them into each other, and just run them down. And this is against opposing defensive linemen and ends and even interior guys that are big. You know, I think that something that I paid a lot of attention to was the size of players that these guys were blocking across these levels here. And uh, Montre, you know, he's stacking up against guys who are also big, you know. Because it's one thing for all these guys to be huge and just push people around. It's another thing for them to push around people who, you know, size-wise at least could quote-unquote match up with them. And so I think that he does a great job with that. His down blocking is incredibly powerful. And honestly, something that did catch me a little bit by surprise, it's not one of his highest categories here, but it's not one of his lowest. That's his agility at an 8.5. I mean, he moves pretty well in space, honestly. And if you're a linebacker, your best bet is to just avoid him and run all the way around him. And at that point, it's already too late because he's such a mountain of a man here that running around him, you're just going to be too late to make the play anyway. So I think that he reacts uh, well as, in addition, he reacts well at the 8.4. I also am a huge fan of his hand fighting category here. That was actually the second highest rating at an 8.9. I think that his hand placement is super consistent. I think that when he's combating edge rushers, he does a great job of not letting that get to him. He can slap him away, get his hands right where he needs to go. He's countered legitimate spin moves, you know, and maintained his blocks there and stunts and stuff like that. So I think that all of those look really, really well. I think that, you know, when you look at everything that he's asked to do as far as pulling, he's really good at that. He can pull uh, multiple directions. He has solid pass blocking as well at an 8.7. His reach is very strong. And like I said, combined with that hand fighting and placement as well, where he just does a great job of getting his hands into chest pads instead of shoulders. I think that it is, well, it's the highest rated for me, actually, out of all the linemen on this list is his hand fighting at that 8.9. So I think that that, sells it really well he finishes blocks very well and yeah just surprisingly agile but as far as talking some areas of improvement here there's two that i think stick out pretty a little bit more obviously but 
They're still at eights here. I think he's very definitively a three-star, like a strong three-star here at a total grade of 85.6 for me. But some of the things that bring that down a little bit are his versatility he doesn't really have compared to these other guys who do have film at other positions throughout the years. He doesn't have that as much. So I do I did dink him down just a little bit to an eight in versatility. Although his play style does open up the door for that a lot more. But at the same time, I feel like you'd be missing out to not have him at tackle. And then the other big thing here is his footwork, I would say. His stance is very narrow, <laughs> honestly. And his um, feet can get very narrow when he's driving. And Coach V, I think that you also had an excellent point here that I do want to let you talk about regarding his footwork here. So I'm going to leave that to you. But in conclusion, I mean, he's sitting, like I said, at an 85.6 cumulative grade for me. Um, just very solid football player here. Yeah, before I go into those areas of improvement, which is the footwork like you alluded to, I want to talk about the other grades here real quick. Uh, versatility gave him 8.5. Hand fighting agreed with what you had to say, Cody. 8.7. Pass protection, 8.2. Reaction time, 8.3. Awareness, 8.5. Footwork, 8. Agility, 8.9. You're right, Cody. He does move really well for his size. He could definitely... He's pretty smooth out there. You know, and he could definitely keep up with some of the quicker pass rushers out there on the next level. And he but, gets you know, talking field, about some, which is terrifying. Yes, he does get downfield really well and fast. You know, which is what you absolutely love. You know, you love these bigger guys who can move extremely well. And, you know, they're smooth with it. And at, two, um, sorry, not 290, at 315, 6'5", 315, you got to love that. You can't hate it, so you got to love it. But um, talking about some areas of improvement, though, footwork, I gave him an 8. And then pass protection, I gave him an 8.2. Those were his lowest grades for me. The biggest thing, and I noticed this almost right away in some of his film, is that depending on the stance, or depending on which way he's leaning in his stance, you could almost tell exactly where he's going to go on the play and pass protection you kind of see where he's leaning you know if he's looking more at the outside linebacker than a blitzer or a safety or whatever you know you could definitely tell which way he's about to slide there and you know in the run game as well you could kind of see which way he's leaning you could not kind of you could definitely see which way he's leaning and guess which way the ball is gonna go whether it's right or left or whatever and that's a huge Huge tell. That's something that I don't see in all of his film, but you see it in a pretty good chunk of his plays here from game to game, and um, it's not good. You know, that's that's an obvious tell there, a very obvious tell that I was able to spot right away, and so that is why his footwork is a little bit lower. When I consider footwork, I'm also considering you know your set, your base, and whatnot right before you get into it. And, you know, if, if your set's not good from the start or if your base isn't good from the start that goes into your set, 
I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. You're kind of set up to fail right away. And, you know, that is something that's going to be exposed on the next level if it's not fixed. You know, the rest of these guys don't have the pro this problem. Even some of the guys who didn't make this list didn't have that problem of, you know, being set a certain way where you could tell where they're about to go. And so for him, you just got to fix that. You know, you got to fix it. You got to be more consistent. You got to trust your athleticism because it is big time. And you just got to know that, hey, I got to react a little bit quicker if I'm nervous about them getting a jump on me and so that's definitely something I hope he works on here um, and that's why his footwork's at a simple eight you know it's not bad altogether but you know at the start it's like ah you know, I, I'd like that for it to be improved. I mean, in general, though, it could be a little bit clunky. So just working on that and making sure that his footwork's clean and whatnot would go a long way in making sure that he's blocking at a balanced pad level consistently as well and that his feet is ready to take care of that too. As far as pass protection goes, I mean, didn't really have to face too many elite pass rushers outside of that green mountain game which is concerning there i think a lot of the time i feel like he's just reaching for someone to block almost like he's run blocking as a pass blocker and that's not good i think there are definitely going to be times where teams will run stunts and different things where guys are pulling around and you can't just hit the guy in front of you because then you're going to leave somebody wide open i'd like to see him get a little bit more disciplined there i think just straight one-on-ones He's fine. Like, if he knows who he's blocking straight one-on-one, he's going to be able to stand, it up, stand them up, stay with him agility-wise, and he'll be fine. He'll be good there. But first, got to ID that, right? You can't get too aggressive. You can't just go out and lay somebody out as a pass blocker. You know, you got you to gotta be smart, and you got to keep your base, and you got to just throw them aside and, you know, stay disciplined at your spot, especially if you're playing left tackle, which kind of makes me feel like he's more of a right tackle on the next level because of some of those, I guess, areas of improvement that I saw here from his high school film. Cody, is that fair to say? And... You know, if you want to go ahead and talk about his outlook from here after you talk about what I just said there, go for it. Yeah, no, I think that that makes a lot of sense for him to be at a right tackle position on the next level. I will say that my pass pro is probably just a little bit higher watching him live in that Heritage game. I think that he handled blitzes as well as he could, and I felt like the Eagles' strategy was to go to the other side a handful of time. Um <clears throat> So that's why it's just slightly higher, but I do agree that it absolutely does need work. It's not at a high level of consistency. And I mean, the footwork thing that has got to be worked out here and the stance, I mean, from it's, it's just inconsistent, right? And so that's where these little fine point details make a big difference in a list like this. And for recruiters as well, where it's like, all right, well, especially when we're staring at four guys ahead and even a few guys behind that don't necessarily have that tell or that show and they're a bit more consistent. Even if their stance is maybe a little bit more unorthodox, at least it's the same every time or darn near close. So I do think that that is something that absolutely should be addressed. But, you know, I do think that this guy is still, you know, at this three-star level, especially if you look at him as a right tackle, I still think that this guy is easily a D1 level athlete. And when I look at his offers, I don't know if it's just going to be one of those things where, well, it has to be one of those things now where after transfers and the smoke clears, he's going to have to be a late pickup by a program here. 
And so when you look at some of his initial looks here, there's like a Sioux Falls, a Western Colorado, CSU Pueblo and stuff like that, which is like fine, you know, but I think that it would be too easy for him on, on the D2 level. I really do. I think that he would like over dominate and he wouldn't become a more well-rounded player. So when I look at some of his other ones, you know, he also has an offer on the D1 level to Central Michigan and University of Northern Colorado. And he had a game day invite as well to Fresno. I just thought I'd throw that in there. And I think that that's a bit more what we're talking. Obviously, as UNC Bear fans who, you know, already have, spoiler, uh, commits from this class, both guys off and on the list here, <clears throat> I think that he would be a great fit and allow the line to be maximized to its full potential based off of fit and positioning and stuff like that. So that would be awesome, but I do think that he can play on the FBS level as well, if I have to be completely honest. No, I, I definitely agree. I think he could play on the FBS level as well. You know, the pass blocking stuff, the a stance, all the toes, all that. You could workshop that as a coach. Like, that's not the worst thing, you know, to work with. You know, that's that's why you have a job, you know, to go ahead and workshop that stuff. They bring in the athletes, the big boys, you know, ID, those guys, the scouts. They do all that. Your job as a coach is to workshop that. And I think it wouldn't be that hard. Um, I think it would pay off a lot, honestly, because I do agree. He's an FC or at least an FCS talent at the least, an FBS talent more likely, though. The run, block, the run blocking is something that I really like. I think he could add a good edge, like just good athleticism to any offensive line on that next level there. And, you know, really develop into somebody nice that could either rotate in or start for a lot of teams. You know, as a Northern Colorado guy, he was offered, but I mean, here's the thing. He's waiting until February to commit, right? There's not a lot of guys who are doing that. Everyone else on this list is committed. And the next, the last five guys who just barely missed off are also committed, I'm pretty sure, except for one. And so, you, you kind of got to make a decision sooner than later, you know. Uh, we'll see. But it is what it is at this point, you know. As much as I'd love to have him at Northern Colorado, I know we did recruit two guys at his position this year. One of them is someone that we can kick, you know, inside, which, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later. But the other one is definitely a tackle. And so, that kind of begins to restrict things moving forward now would we love to have him yeah absolutely i think he would add a lot to our room and you know he'd be a great lineman to add there but it does come down to scholarships who we still have you know shout out our boy wilson clark who i know is starting over there and he i mean he's not i don't think he's graduating anytime soon here um at least not next year so there you go there so we'll just have to see i mean either way he can play on the on pretty much any level he wants, I would say. And if he goes D2, I think he's someone who could automatically compete, you know, as and he'll go as far as his knowledge of the scheme and all that will go and how, I guess, easily he's able to pick it up. But, you know, there's no guarantees there either. You know, there's just not. So we'll have to see here, but I like Montre Strickland's game. I think he's a great athletic tackle. Reminds me a little bit of Travis Gray from a couple of years ago from Cherokee Trail, who was right here at number five. You know, a great athlete, a big body, but needed some fine tuning. I think they're similar in that way. Uh, Travis Gray obviously is a little bit bigger and a little bit more athletic, 
But Montre Strickland, he has a lot going for him. Like I said, great run blocker, great athlete. He's going to find a home. So, plain and simple. Uh, it's just, I guess, to be seen and to be determined what home and where that will be. So, yeah. Uh, Cody, anything else you wanted to add on here before we move on? No, I think that you can introduce our uh, one of the Bears' recent hauls from uh, recent signing day. Yes, the number four class of 2024 offensive tackle here in Colorado is Fountain Fort Carson's Lincoln Fowl Pally, the 6'6", 323-pound offensive tackle. Excuse me if I'm saying that last name wrong, but here, hold up, hold up, before, before you come at me real quick here, you know, shout out Beckham Kritz's aunt, she is Tongan, and that's how she told me. She told me that's how you pronounce his last name. So I'm going with Foul Pally here. You know, but excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. And, you know, not that I'm saying all Islanders are the same. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. But let's go ahead and hop into his grades, It wouldn't though. be the worst that anyone has said a name on this show. I'm not going to no, say, I know it say win be. or what. But <laughs> it sounds good to me. <laughs> I know. But Lincoln here, I mean, look, this is a kid that... You know, I've been able to watch play football for about three years now. You know, so I've got to watch him plenty. I know what he's all about. I've seen him train. I got to watch him at combine at a combine at the prep red zone combine like years ago when he was a sophomore. And so, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with this game. And here's what his game consists of. So I gave him a 9.9. This is the first 9.9. And this is the max grade I'll give any player in any category. I don't think I'll ever give a player a 10 in any category. But I gave Lincoln a 9.9 in strength. I also gave him a 9.5 in run blocking and a 9.2 in size. Look, talk about run blockers here. He has been arguably the engine to this Fountain Fort Carson run game for years now. And they've had, oh my god, at least four or five different backs rotate in and out and they have not had a year where they haven't had a 1000 at least one 1000 yard rusher uh, who has also ran for 10 plus touchdowns as well it's been i mean that hasn't happened while lincoln has started at tackle for fountain fort carson you know and obviously there's a lot of other guys that go into that but he's been a big part of that you know i mean look this is a guy that when it comes to just pure power he has it he has just overpowered a number of defensive linemen who have played on the next level or will play on the next level consistently, you know, over the years. And obviously they started at 4A when he was a sophomore, I believe. And then the last two years they've been in 5A. And so they played some really good teams. Columbine, Cherry Creek last year in the playoffs. Um, this year, I think they played Columbine, I want to say, in the playoffs as well. I could be mistaken. Pine Creek, the number of battles they've had with them. You know, Legend, they got some big boys up front over there. Regis Jesuit, they got some big boys. Edge rushers who have made our top five lists in the past. And he has dominated all of them. There has not been a player who has been able to overpower him or even so much as make, make him take a step back, in my honest opinion, as long as he's put on those pads for Fountain Fort Carson and those Trojans. That's how special he is. And there's so many guys that he's went up against who's played Power 5, who is playing Power 5, football right now who he's dominated you know and that's just plain and simple um talking about size and frame i mean he's 6'6 323 pounds 
that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets, honestly. Run blocking, 9.5. He knows who he needs to hit, and he consistently gets to the next level and just flat-out pancakes dudes. You know, he sets the tone for this Fountain Fort Carson team and has done it on a consistent basis for about three years now. He is that guy out there when it comes to run blocking. He's just a tough presence out there. Uh, real quick before I pass it to you, Cody, I want to talk about some of the other things I like. Gave him an 8.74 agility. He's been a guy that's been able to move. He moves extremely well for his size. Somebody who could get out there into space and gain speed pretty quickly, especially when he's pulling. So he's tough there. 8.6 in awareness. You know, when it whether it's pass blocking, run blocking, he's going to go ahead and block somebody. He's not just going to, you know, stand there. He's going to go look for blocks and be smart about it. And then I gave him an 8.6 when it comes to versatility. I legit think that he's somebody that could also kick inside and be an excellent guard or center as well. You know, somebody who could get in there set the tone as a run blocker, and still be fine. And you could pull him and all that, and I think he would fit that extremely well. So there you go there. Cody, hopefully I did not take up everything here. But, you know, this is another one of these guys that, you know, over the years I've been able to watch a lot and cover. And, you know, it's pretty much been a foregone conclusion that he's going to make this list. But, you know, what do you think about Lincoln here out of Fountain Fort Carson? Yeah, so Lincoln, obviously, he's number four on this list and, you know, is is here for a reason. I mean, I have a cumulative score of an 85.1 and his strength is the biggest proprietor of that at a 9.8. I mean, dude holds off defensive ends, edge rushers, or opposing interior defensive linemen with one hand in pass pro. With one hand. Bro... I would say that's embarrassing if it wasn't literally Lincoln doing it because I mean, it just looks so easy for him. And like, I could tell that, you know, he kind of paces himself because he could kill someone on every single play, but he's like, all right, like if I, every time that I drive someone into the earth, I'm going to have to get up too and then drive someone else into the earth. So he is just so like effortlessly powerful. I mean, Another thing that I kind of looked at when it was available, of course, was looking at some of these guys' like posts on Huddle. And his max bench right now is at 350. And of 185 pounds, he could do 29 reps. I mean, these lifting numbers are crazy. I'm just going to run through all of them, actually. Squat of 485, deadlift of 535. Like, this is a dude here. And he can move mountains, and that's going to be the game plan for him moving forward here. He had the most impressive lifting numbers, which I definitely think helped his strength take a big bump. And then, obviously, on the field, he's tossing people around like ragdolls here. So, that's going to remain consistent. I also got to echo Simon's verbiage here with the run blocking. I mean, I have it at a 9.4. He is just fantastic here. I think that uh, his hand placement is pretty awesome in run game as well. So, you know, his hand fighting I have at like an 8.4 because, I mean, part of it, while it does still have some work to do, I also took into consideration some of the things I've seen from his off-season work with McChesney and in-season too. I mean, he's constantly on the grind, getting better. And I think that something that I feel he's made significant strides in 
watching those videos like Coach V said over the years is his hand fighting is growing more and more capable every day. And so I have that at 8.4. And it's also not bogged down by, you know, ending up on shoulder pads like a lot of these guys who are very tall. Coach V and I talked about this is one of the tallest, like, offensive tackle classes we've probably ever seen. And I think that that is, you know, fantastic. So he does those things very well. Talking about some of the other things, you know, his size, as odd as it is, I have it an 8.9. And before everyone throws me to the burners here and is like, bro, he's 6'6", 323, why? The only reason why it's not at a 9 is just because his, like, wing... I, all these other guys, I feel like their wingspan is wider than they are tall. And I just don't know if he, A, utilizes that, or B, it just isn't there. And I, I just don't think his arms and his reach is as long as some of these other guys. But I digress a little bit here. Going from the top, 8.5 in versatility... I think that he could easily be a D1 guard as well as a D1 tackle. Maybe even better as a guard, which is the case for some of these guys here. But they're also so fantastic at tackle and tackle. Being the, you know, more nuanced position, I would say, it's it's good to have those guys that can play tackle instead. So I like that as well. And then, you know, I will say that he is... Like I said, his hand fighting's okay. His hands end up in the right spot a lot of the time. And he he can, you know, kind of combat a few moves, but nothing too crazy. His pass pro is also interesting to me because I have it at an 8.4 because his pass pro, and Simon, I don't know if you noticed this, but his pass pro is very, like, almost cartoonishly dramatized as far as, like, his kick step is very animated and his chopping of his feet is very animated and the way that he does his punches is very animated and it's almost like if you were showing someone a video on like how to where it's like maybe you wouldn't really do that in a game but you could tell that he's so locked in on it and so from a technique perspective I really like what I see I just think that execution wise he doesn't quite have that nastiness that he displays in the run game in the pass game quite yet so that's why it's not higher. And then some of his areas of improvement that I have are his agility, footwork, and reaction time. I think that these are all way more on the inconsistent side, I would say. Uh, his reaction time is definitely, I'd say, a uh, little bit on the slower. Like, he has to look at something and see it happen to then take action on it. And I think that, you know, his footwork is a little unorthodox and inconsistent as well. It would, it's not as wildly all over the place and telling as Montre's is, but I do think that he just needs to find like his stance and fall in love with it that can work both in run and pass game more consistently. And then his agility. I mean, I think that he gets down the field fine. I think that he moves pretty good and he can turn his hips pretty good, but it's nothing to write home about is basically the conclusion that I came down to at that rate and i think part of it is you know his size and frame a little bit there i still think that for his size and frame he moves really really well but compared to how some of these other guys move definitely leaves a little bit to be desired there um coach v i first off i want to hear your thoughts on pass pro because i know that we're a little bit different there but do you see what i'm talking about with like how animatedly you know technique focused it is if you see what i'm seeing there and then uh 
you know, some things that you saw in your overall grade? Yeah, I mean, first off, shout out 6-0 Academy. We'll be doing a lot of that, I feel like, uh, when talking about linemen, because I think our next episode will be into your offensive linemen as well. He's done a lot of work with him, and it's noticeable. He's done a lot of work with him when it comes to pass, bro, because he has improved each year. Now, I, I kind of get what you say when it's a little bit cartoonish. Maybe it's just like so, certain clips. When I've seen him in person, like I'll see it and there are times where like, man, that looks good, you know, but I think more so than not, it just feels out of sync. Like, like the reaction time is maybe a little bit off. Like you said, like he's waiting for the, I mean, which you should, right? You should, you should wait for the edge rusher to go ahead and make a move. And then you kind of react off of that. But his reaction time after they make that move is definitely a little like noticeably slower. And so there are definitely times and I kind of notice this more against Pine Creek and maybe they just don't have the greatest pass rushers either, but like he'll, it's like noticeable that he'll wait. Like he won't like, get into his stance and set and slide, you know, naturally with somebody. Like, he'll kind of just, like, stand up straight and wait almost and then go. And I don't know. That's something I notice a lot in that game specifically. I mean, there are some games where it just feels like, like, the stance, like you said, is just very inconsistent. And so that affects the slide and that affects everything else. And then, you know, there's some times where I feel like it's the reaction time that is just kind of throwing everything for a loop. Altogether, it just kind of feels out of sync when he gets into pass, bro. Now, he's quick enough, in my opinion, and strong enough where, like, it almost never matters. Like, he'll catch up and he'll just shove somebody over, right? He'll throw them with one hand, like you said, or he'll get back into position and just stonewall them, you know, and do his thing. And so it almost doesn't matter, but it's definitely a noticeable out of sync and I think now that I'm saying it out loud, it's probably the reaction time that is the biggest issue here when it comes to pass pro, which is why, I mean, for me, my pass protection for him is a 7.8. That's his lowest grade. Gave him an 8 for hand fighting. That is more because of pass pro than anything because, you know, when his lower body's out of sync, then that affects all the stuff up top. Um, and same with footwork. I mean, gave him an 8.2. Not the worst in the run game, but as far as pass protection goes, it, it's definitely a little clunky still. It's not as bad as it used to be. <laughs> I will say that. It used to be really raw before, but it's definitely more like it's resembling like a D1 uh, skill set, I would say, more so than not this year. So big shout out to Matt McChesney over there at 6-0 Academy. I know they're working and they're continuing to work on that, you know, but because of those reasons specifically is why I feel like he is probably more of a guard or center probably more of a guard on the next level just because i'm watching the sliding i'm watching him set i'm watching his reaction time you go up against guys on the next level edge rushers on the next level you know and you're out of sync they're gonna take advantage of that it's pretty i don't want to say it's easy but it's relatively easy to spot an offensive lineman who doesn't have good timing because it really takes a well-placed strike or move here to throw them all the way off balance, and then that's a free shot at the quarterback, right? And so it is important to kind of get that timing and reaction time set and that consistency set as well. You know, and so everyone starts somewhere. I mean, the whole animated thing, you know, that's not a bad thing. You should have, you know, 
a good like set and all that stuff as well and slide following that but uh it, it also has to be in time and so i'm i'm very convinced that it's the whole timing reaction thing that is kind of holding him back uh which you know in 8.4 it's not the lowest out of everyone on this grade but it's definitely the second lowest and the guys ahead of him are you know significantly a couple points ahead because of how well they are able to sync up with other pass rushers and defenders. Does that make sense, Cody? I, d I didn't want to workshop and take over the whole thing there, but that's kind of just what I'm seeing from seeing him play in person multiple times. When he goes into pass protect, it just feels like it's out of sync and that maybe he's overthinking it a little bit. Now, that's the perfect way to describe it, I think. As soon as you said, you know, it's out of sync, I was just like, yep, bingo right there. And I mean... For Lincoln, his reaction time is my is my lowest grade out of everyone that I evaluated uh, in or outside of the... Well, inside the top five for sure. Outside of the top five, there was only one player that I thought was a little bit... Needed a little bit more work reaction time-wise. And I do think that part of it is just going to be a confidence thing. And I mean, look, I at least last I knew, I don't think he transferred out. But, uh, you know, he'll have to rep against like Marcus Howard at... Unco, and you know that's gonna have to, you're gonna have to be in sync against a guy like that who played really really well in the time that he got to be on the field as well and is somebody who you can't just i mean lincoln obviously loses like the reach battle there uh because marcus has been at it and he's you know got that advantage to him as well with that wingspan so those are going to challenge him but what is you know maybe some things that we can look forward to with him as an Unco commit. And I honestly think that with his strength in the run game, I mean, he is raw. Don't get me wrong compared to a handful of these guys. But that just means that his ceiling is really high. And in addition to that, I think that with his prowess in the run game and, you know, maybe simplifying the offense a little bit and being a little bit run heavy, I think that that opens up opportunities for him to see the field even sooner than later. Even if it's not ideal and we would rather have him like a redshirt year to just get his life together here, he's coming in big and strong. And that looks really, really good, especially looking at the big sky competition here. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, look, I'm going to say this right now. He is the crown jewel of Northern Colorado's recruiting class right now. And, you know, I know some things didn't work out for him and whatnot. I will acknowledge that, that he had a plenty of Power 5 offers, but he just kind of waited a little bit too long. I know there's an article out there talking about that where he was quoted uh, in saying something like that. But, you know, here, <laughs> as Northern Colorado alum, we will take him and we will cherish him because he is the crown jewel of this recruiting class. This is the biggest steal out of any Colorado, in my opinion, out of any Colorado players that have committed so far, you know, this is somebody that could have played for CU or CSU, I feel like. Like, he could get in there and be a great run blocker for them, but instead, he's with us at Greeley, and maybe that's not, you know, what he wanted, but, you know, I can't stress enough the impact, the immediate impact that I think he can have on this team, whether he's at tackle or guard, I think he's somebody that you could put at guard in he immediately enhances our run game, which, by the way, sucked. I'm not even going to mince those words. Our run game was so horrible. Like, we could not... The number of times we were in third and ten situations because we can't get one yard or two yards on dive is 
crazy. And I know we're playing in the toughest conference, but God, bro, I'm going to go ahead and bleep that out. But God, dude, like, get a yard. But Lincoln is going to go ahead and give us a couple more yards just by being out there. And it's not all on the offensive line. I will admit that some of it's on the running backs, you know, but adding a guy like Lincoln here is definitely going to enhance that. And then everything else will fall in place, you know, from pass blocking and whatnot. Um, now, I do think he's more of a, if he plays tackle, he's probably more of a right tackle, which is fine. And if he doesn't play tackle, he's definitely a guard. And he's somebody that honestly, give him a year and he could probably compete for a starting job. I don't think that's too crazy to say. Unless there's some crazy transfer portal stuff that goes down. I really do believe he could compete for a starting job sooner than later. Cody, <laughs> what do you what do you think? Well, I do I, I did I had to look it up uh just to bring it up, but we were averaging 3.4 yards per carry last year, which is horrible so bro I just yeah to... what's happening oh my god <laughs> and oh, 280 lost yards on runs but so i just i wanted to back you up on that and just drag our alma mater through through the mud just a little bit it's tough love you know but uh lincoln i mean i agree with everything that you say and you know lincoln's the kind of guy where when he does get on the field for unko i am worried that he's going to transfer out to a power five where you know he belongs honestly and you know there's some lessons if you can commit sooner rather than later we do recommend that especially in this landscape obviously so throwing that out there as a little little free advice for y'all um if you got the offers maybe jump on them but uh lincoln here i think that he's going to be an awesome fit i think he's going to be an absolute dog for us and i mean he is just the, the physical upside is ridiculous. When you said NFL kind of, because it's the only time that we've really said that word in this top five series so far, I think this is exactly what we're talking about, is a guy that can run block and has the strength of Lincoln. This is where, you know, we can see those flashes of like, oh yeah, we could see this guy making NFL run blocks. Now we're not saying he's there yet. Obviously we mentioned a ton of things that he has to work on. He's run some areas. He's going to an FCS, but I mean, linemen, everyone's always looking for linemen more than probably any other position, just because you need five good ones or, you know, it, you need at least five non-weak ones in the NFL. And uh, with the upside that somebody has, you can kind of live with a guard being very, very, very good in the run game. And then, you know, just improve in the pass game and whatnot. So that's what we're talking about there. I think that that is what makes Lincoln such a tantalizing prospect here. Coach V, you have anything else to add on before I introduce our number three fella here? Hey, man, if there's any uh, small business out there, you know, trying to look for somebody who could be the face of their NIL deal or, you know, throw some NIL money, uh, Lincoln, hey, that's somebody that we gotta keep in Greeley at least for one year, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. You know, I'm just, I just, I just gotta throw that out there because uh, I, I can't, I can't. Oh my god, I can't stress enough how important he is to this Northern Colorado class. He's gonna be so needed out there, and he's gonna be great. And I really look forward to watching him on Saturdays, plain and simple. But uh, with that being said, Cody, you could go ahead and talk about the number three guy here. 
All right, so here at number three, and with uh, some contesting on the back end of how to say it, so if I say it wrong, I'm already going to apologize here, but it is the absolute beast out of Ralston Valley here, Peyton Noble. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put my money on Noble, but we're gonna just refer to him as Peyton here. The six foot five, two hundred and ninety pound Air Force commit here, and you want to talk about a steal? Holy cow! This was such a good pickup by Air Force here, and Peyton is going to dominate. I truly think so. And here are a few reasons why. I mean, when he is in pass pro, which I have graded at an 8.8, it's not his highest, but it is one of his highest ones. I think that he adapts to late blitzers extremely well with just solid awareness and reaction time, obviously are pieces of that. But being able to ID that, I think is just, he's so good at it and he's just so seasoned, you know? So that is the first thing that jumped off the film very, very well. I also think that in pass pro, he does a good job of helping out teammates if and when necessary. And when he pops defenders, oh my God, it's it looks just like he knocks them out. Like they look like they go limp because he usually just gives them one really solid punch and that's it. They just fold. And yeah, that was, it's kind of hilarious to watch, honestly, because this like interior defensive tackles minding his business. Peyton's guy, you know, that was lined up against him, dropped back in coverage, and he just freaking socks them right in the chest while they're being blocked by them. This is so disrespectful for the linemen on the other side. But when he punches them, they just fall over, and it's, oh my god. It's hilarious. You gotta, you gotta watch Peyton's film, especially if you just love violent drops of opposing defensive linemen. Shout out defensive linemen, don't worry. Your episode is like on the way in the works we got a list we still love you don't worry about it but anyways uh talking about Peyton here I also think that you know stance wise it's not perfectly consistent but doesn't give away the play so much and you know I think that in addition to his pass pro he counters various rush moves with ease I mean really he is just really polished honestly and I think a huge aspect of that is his versatility here because his junior year he was basically at guard all year and he was at guard sometimes this season you know there were some sets where they did a little bit of offset and they did a second tackle basically kind of giving him more of a guard like role you know in unbalanced looks and whatnot so that was awesome to see him excel in both of those spots and I really think that he is so legitimately d1 at both these positions you really can't go wrong with either one and I feel like you know especially at this 6'5 to 90 frame He's got the frame to fulfill both of those as well. I think that in the run game, I do have him graded at a nine here. He moves very well on pulls and in space for screens, powers, and counters here, which is part of the reason why his agility is also at an 8.5. And, you know, even in those situations, once again, he just always knows who to block. He's very, very smart. And yeah, I think that... His ability to trans transition to tackle from guard from last year was, you know, huge for this team and for him to be able to pick up pass blocking like that was was awesome. So those were all really high grades. Versatility, pass pro, run blocking, all extremely high. He's very strong, like I said, in those punches. I gave him an 8.7. 
And then, you know, his other categories, there's not really a low score here to pick on too much because his hand fighting was at an 8.5. His reaction time was at an 8.5, which is the hot, tied for the highest one here, actually, which I think is pretty accurate. And then, you know, his agility has an 8.5 as well. All very, very high scores. And his, his areas of improvement, his lowest scores were awareness and footwork. Like I said, footwork, not perfectly consistent, but very occasionally gives away maybe not the play but who he's blocking um so and i think that part of that is just making sure that he gets out into space for like those screens and stuff or you know some of those like edge blitzers or corner blitzes that he can see he kind of tweaks his footwork just a hair to notice that but i think that in the moment it'd be really hard for a defensive end or edge or somebody like that to expose it so it would be it would have to be just like someone very very like looking for it basically a bit harder than just like oh they're lined up like that i can visually see it it's very subtle so that's why it's at an 8.4 but it's still very good he does a great job of driving his feet and whatnot and then awareness wise you know it's at an 8.4 which is still great it's i mean tied for the third highest on this list and one of the better ones so i just think that uh yeah sometimes i will say that his awareness takes a slight dip because sometimes he has to see and then react as far as like checking the boxes of reading who to block going from one guy to the next as opposed to it's a little less instinctual uh but i'm really not concerned about it because he's still making the right play coach v i know that you just let me or well you didn't let me i just went off here and kind of talked about all that is peyton here but i would love to hear how you phrase your strengths here and uh, some of the things that you see a little bit differently as well. Yeah. I mean, I agree with most of what you had to say here. Uh, look, Peyton Nobel or sorry, Peyton Noble. I think that's what you said. <laughs> Either way, he is a big time player. I got to watch Ralston Valley. I think actually four times this season, which is crazy. That's like a third of their season. I got to watch them at the very beginning against mountain Vista and then, again, the following week against Cherry Creek. And then I got to watch them against Pine Creek in the playoffs. And then watch them against Cherry Creek. This was over live stream, though. But I watched the whole game uh, against them. And, you know, he stood out in all of it. I will say this about Peyton here. This Ralston Valley run game would not be the same without him. Because they ask him to do so much. And, I mean, by the way... Big kudos to Coach Giannisito over there in that Rawson Valley offense. Just watching Peyton, like, operate in this scheme is special because they put him in so many different positions here and ask him to do so much, and he excelled at all of it. Honestly, like, just watching him pass block, watching him go out for screens, watching him, not, like, not go out for screens, but go block for screens, <laughs> but watching him, uh, you know, go run block in all these different ways and pass block and all that, you know, I'm pretty confident that he could fit into almost any system on the next level because of how great this scheme was. And it wasn't just because of the scheme. He made this scheme great, mind you, you know. And that's from watching him play so many great players from Cherry Creek, Pine Creek, uh, Mountain Vista. They got some guys over there on the defensive side of the ball. The impact was felt, you know. And so the biggest thing about Peyton here that I have is that as far as overall like skill set goes he has it 
You know, as a pass blocker, run blocker, he is probably the one of the better overall lineman in this class he's actually my second highest here i gave him an 88.9 overall grade that's my personal grade there with his highest grades being a 9.2 in run blocking and then nines in awareness footwork versatility and hand fighting i do think he's somebody who could kick inside also by the way a nine in size but anyways i think he could kick inside and be really good there play pretty much all five positions and like you said they put him at guard sometimes he played guard last year this year was basically his first full year playing tackle and he excelled and so those are all green flags I mean one more could you want from a versatile lineman my lowest grades for him were actually more athleticism based gave him an 8.5 for agility 8.6 for strength still three-star level right but not like overwhelmingly powerful or overwhelmingly fast or anything like that but he knows what he's doing out there you know he's very very skilled efficient uh polished when it comes to his pass blocking run blocking i love specifically as a run blocker how he always gets to the next level knocks out his guy then goes find somebody else to block i mean consistently even when he's pass blocking like He'll find someone to go block. And it's not him reaching out to go to just knock somebody out. Like, he knows when, okay, I'm one-on-one here. This is just me and him. Or, okay, I need to knock this guy into the guard here. And then I need to go one-on-one with this guy. So, boom, hit there. And then slide, slide, slide. You know, and he does such a good job uh, of timing that. Like, his timing when it comes to pass blocking, is really good, in my opinion, despite not being the greatest athlete. So there's a lot to compensate, maybe not the most, but a good amount to compensate there uh, for Peyton. And I'm just so impressed by how polished he is. I mean, Air Force is getting someone that's going to fit their scheme really well, but if they want to pass it, I think he could do a really good job over there. So there you go there. Um, Yeah, I mean, those are my grades. Like I said, overall grade of an 88.9. I won't take up too much more time here. But I love that overall, he's just a very polished lineman. Despite not being the most athletic guy out there, very polished. And I think that means uh, a lot for his ceiling because you could work on the athleticism. You could work on him getting faster, get him into the weight room and all of that. That's what the strength and conditioning coaches are there for, you know. But when it comes to some of these other stuff, it always makes a coach's life easier when a player is polished as polished as Peyton is right here out of Ralston Valley. And he's going to be missed by that program because, like I said, he did so much for them at such a high level. There's a lot of guys, not just on this list, uh, but in the entire country who, you know, might not even be a great fit for that Ralston Valley scheme because of how much they ask out of him and whatnot. And, you know, the IQ for him to be able to take all that and, you know, still play at a high level is, is definitely impressive. So... Um, there you go there. But Cody, do you want to talk about, well, I guess, do you, what do you think about what I had to say there? And do you want to talk about his outlook here after you react to what I just said? Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, take a, donate us a dollar every time I say, yeah, no. But anyways, Peyton here, I, I do got to agree. There is definitely some work to be done in his agility and speed but like you said he still did it and he still did it at a very high level i mean he was out on screens constantly and a variety of screens at that you know whether it was those flanker screens or whether it was those halfback screens and whatnot so 
he does everything at a, at a good level. And I think that he's going to be an awesome fit at Air Force specifically. And he's going to, I think that there is a chance that he could see the field sooner rather than later for Air Force. Obviously, I think that with everything that they don't have to coach him on, that goes a very long way. They're not getting a raw pro I mean, nobody on at this point of the list on is raw in technique stuff. Just it's That's just not the case at this point in the list. And Peyton is the one who kicks that off, you know, by being so solid at so many different things and technique-wise being up to par and then just being really smart. And I think that, you know, for one-year sample size of tackle and one-year sample size of guard there's not really anything else you could ask him to do and if he had started since his sophomore season maybe some of these things would be more well rounded out or just a bit more finite and a bit more pristine and sharp is what i should use so i think that that's probably the only complaint i could have and i am very excited for how he's going to fit in with air force i think he's going to be critical to how that offense operates and you know, it's an offense that moves around quite a bit with that triple option and asks a lot of their guards in the run game and of their tackles as far as movement goes. And he could do all of that and some for when they do drop back and pass. I mean, I saw them complete a deep bomb in that bowl game that they played in just, what was that, last Saturday from today? So, you know, I think that that's all awesome. I do want to kind of get inside his head and talk to him about what the recruiting journey looked like so like i said all of these guys are invited onto the show we'd love to have you all so just reach out to us and let's get an interview set up for the month of january but or february but peyton here awesome pickup by the boys here at air force and uh yeah i don't think i have anything else what sucks is that he definitely picked air force over unc uh, Umco, that is, um, and we would have had, we would have loved to have him. But regardless, rooting for him, you know, moving forward. But uh, I don't have too much more to add. Cody, do you want to talk about the next guy here? Don't mind if I do. Going back to back here at the tackle position for introductions, but talking about somebody that uh, was on the other side of competition from Peyton more than once. And that was Max Parrott, the offensive tackle out of Cherry Creek High School. Six foot five, 295 pounds here. And I'd say the biggest and best asset when it comes to the screen game out of all of these tackles here. And just so many things that he does well. Highlighted first and foremost by his run blocking that I have graded at a 9.5. I think that what makes that so possible is he has the highest agility out of anyone here at an 8.9. I think that he moves around the field so, so well. He moves out into space and he ruins lives. He hilariously obliterates outmatched corners and linebackers, which all these guys should do. But he's doing it, you know, not only five yards down the field. He blows up one and then he goes another 15 yards down the field and takes care of someone else. It's insane how well he covers the entire field. And it's something that he just does on such a consistently high level. And I think that it was so critical for the Creek offense this year 
that, you know, was a little inconsistent on deep passes and kind of mid passes and stuff like that for sets. So being able to help the screen game go as well as it did this year and help them, you know, go to another undefeated regular season was super important. And Max was the piece, the key to that honestly working. And so I think that with the way that he moves, he does a great job of turning at the hips while also keeping his shoulder square. So technique wise, he's also doing very, very well there. And I also think that he moves from one block to the next very well and has awesome situational awareness. His awareness is actually the highest grade here for me at a nine because like Peyton, he picks up blitzes very well and he sees the guys very well, but he will shift from one to another on like delayed blitzes. And then as far as rolling off of one run block to the next, which is another reason why his run blocking is also so high, is I think that he goes from one block that's done to the next, the best. And there's one play in particular where he gets a pancake and he ends up on his knees. I want to say this was against Grandview, and I love referencing specific plays like this. He is on his knees, and the run is being cut back his direction, and he gets his hands into the chest of a linebacker from from his knees. I had to back up from the mic on that one. Sorry, Simon, for blowing out your eardrums, and sorry to the listeners, I guess. But from his knees! He pushes away another defender, and that run is successful from a block on his knees, which is, you know, just another kudos to his strength that I have graded at an 8.9. And I just think that, you know, something else that I like strength-wise is the way that he matches up against more traditional 4-3 ends who are larger, and he holds his ground so, so well against those bigger defensive linemen but he succeeds very well against speed rushers and their different attacks that they have here. And, you know, against stacked boxes, he can move two different people, which is super cash and helps find easy success here. And, you know, when you do all of those things very well and technique wise, I mean, in the run game, he does a great job of getting his hips turned and turning the defenders so that whoever is running is running behind his back or the play is going to his back and completely walling off people from the play. I just don't think that in this class, there's someone who just does it so consistently and in so many places on the field specifically. Coach V, you do such a good job of stopping yourself so that you don't talk about everything good. Maybe there's something I can learn from you someday, but I'm going to toss it to you anyway and uh, wish you some luck here talking about all the great things that Parrot does. Yeah, I don't want to Parrot too much here, but... uh... I'm gonna bruh can't say that on air just kidding um but you know it's 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 a lot of the same deal you know look I'm just gonna keep it plain and simple here Cherry Creek would not have their titles without him plain and simple he's been a mainstay of this offensive line for a really long time I feel and you know some of my favorite things about him is his run blocking and I feel like I say this about every player but legitimately it's like a thing of beauty watching it happen almost a work of art i mean i gave him a 9.2 at run blocking 9 awareness 9.1 strength just watching him knock somebody out slide to the next guy knock them out and just seal off guys on a consistent basis from his tackle spot i mean that's a work of art right there you know that's doing it the right way that's as polished as it gets it looks beautiful man he does a great job at doing that um 
I do want to talk real quick about his hand fighting just a little bit. Gave him a 9 there. You know, specifically when he's run blocking, I think he does a good job there. But as a pass blocker, I mean, when it just comes to straight hand fighting, he pretty much wins all the time. There hasn't really been a pass rusher that has gotten the best out of him over these last couple years. And, you know, this is somebody I've watched a number of times, not only this year, but last year as well. So I know what Max has been able to do here for Cherry Creek, you know, and it's just been consistent, just consistent excellence for them. Now, um, I, and here, let me just go over my other grades real quick. 8.7 reaction time, 8.6 footwork, agility. Uh, sorry, 8.6 for footwork, 8.8 .8 for agility. I think he moves relatively well. And then at 9 for size close to that 300 pound range probably plays at 300 pounds uh, or plays close to it at least now when it comes to areas of improvement i really only have two um 8.5 for pass protection 8.5 for versatility that's his lowest grades and the pass protection affects the versatility here because as a pass blocker i think he does a good job whenever it's 101 he's not gonna lose plain and simple there but I, I will say this, I, I do think he gets a little bit hung up on just trying to pancake players on passing plays, which, which it's, it's a good problem. It doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world, but I do worry about him not seeing potential blitzes. Uh, and he has seen that most of them so far, and not that there's been anything crazy out there, but I do, I would like to see him, you know, knock somebody into the guard or into somebody else pass him off there and then go set that edge over there as a pass blocker and whatnot because i just think there are times where it's like man you're, you're really trying to pancake this dude in front of you but you may not be seeing a blitz like you know safety or corner coming off this edge here that's about to blow up this quarterback and that's really that's just really nitpicking there it hasn't happened a whole ton but something I've noticed, and I just like to see him be more disciplined. You know, I like to see him get a little bit more disciplined there and be a more, this is more of a disciplined thing at pass blocking than anything. I think he's a good pass blocker. I don't have any problems with it, but, you know, when it comes to blocking multiple guys or at least getting a chip on multiple guys, you know, I, I'd like to see him get a little bit more aware there. And like I said, that's just really me nitpicking for the most part. I like it. I think he's fine in most other things. And, you know, he's definitely a power five guy. He had his share a number of D1 offers to play on the next level here. But, you know, before we go into that, Cody, what do you think about what I just said? And, you know, you could go ahead and talk about his outlook moving forward. Yeah, so Max here, like you said, it's it's pretty nitpicky. I think that if you really, really, really want to be particular, sometimes, sometimes his stance can reveal pass plays in the ever most slight way. But that's literally with me pausing film and just looking at it and seeing how very narrowly different it is but that's more on the rare side his lowest grades for me were his reaction time and versatility which is wild because those were an 8.5 and an 8.4 respectively i think that versatility wise i think that he does everything that a guard can do we just didn't really see him play a whole ton of guard especially because i feel like that creek line was rolling like six or seven deep of rotations this year so if the need isn't there then why care about it? And then I'm just going to talk about some of my other grades here. 8.8 .8 hand fighting, 8.6 pass pro, which would be his third lowest grade. Kind of talking about some of the things that, you know, going off of some of the things that you mentioned as well. 
footwork 8.7 and size 8.8 making for a total grade of 87.9 average that out with your score and that's an 88.15 here definitely one of the best prospects that we've evaluated with a rubric here and he has been committed for some time here to purdue here and you know looking at uh 24 7 here obviously he had a ton of offers arizona state air force as well army charlotte cu csu columbia cornell dartmouth eastern michigan iowa state lafayette the list goes on right so definitively an fbs guy but I think something that's kind of interesting here is as of right now, there are 10 players at his position on the roster and three other commits, which, you know, will make for some good competition, but he's never been one to back down and he is the highest graded one out of those guys. He's just the smallest one. So, which is, you know, maybe just a hair concerning looking at outlook here because size is the one thing you can't coach. I do think that by the time he does find himself in the rotation, he's probably going to be, you know, on that 300 pound side because he's really, really close to being there. I assume that now that football season's over, he's probably going to drop down just a little bit. But at the same time, he's probably the most, I haven't watched those other guys film, so this could be complete hearsay, but He's one of the most athletic linemen that I've evaluated. So I would assume that, uh, you know, especially with how well Colorado stacks up nationally, that uh, his agility is going to be a huge proponent in how soon he gets onto the field. But we're probably looking at, you know, a redshirt season here, seeing as that, like I said, they have a ton of linemen on the roster. But I think that from a national standpoint, he stacks up very, very well to you know, three-star recruits, and he's right on the cusp of being a four-star guy, honestly. And, you know, that's something where if he had, like, probably a few drives of, like, guard film and he just shows that he can do it because he has the skills to do it, That's that might be the difference right then and there. So, Coach V, what do you think of that outlook? What do you think of him in a more competitive... Well, I don't want to say more competitive, but definitely more competitive situation here. And as somebody who talked to him as well, following the state game, he is excited for that aspect. And, you know, should he be? And uh, how do you see that going down? Well, yeah, he should be excited to go compete. That's definitely something I'd hope he'd be. But, you know, hey, Purdue, that's a great school over there. Um, they play in a tough conference, unfortunately. But, you know, he's getting good education. He's playing against some top-tier guys. But first, he's going to have to compete against some of his teammates. And, I mean, he's never really been someone to uh, dodge competition, or at least I don't think so. And so I think he'll be fine. At the very least, he's going to be a good rotational guy. You know, and obviously there's a chance for Porto and things could change and whatnot. So there's that. The bottom line is that he's a D1 guy. You know, he's a power five guy, in my opinion, and could pretty much play anywhere. You know, there are some things that I, you know, hope he works on and whatnot. Uh, I do think he could probably be maybe a little bit of a better guard than tackle. But, you know, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. You know, they'll they'll move him as needed. I think he's at that right frame where you could pretty much move him anywhere on the line and he should be fine. 
So there you go there. But yeah, I don't have too much more to say about Max here. It's been honestly great watching him these last couple years, man. I mean, I remember when he first started playing. Um, and this is <laughs> this is where I really realized as, you know, a non-Colorado native that Cherry Creek's like that. That, you know, they just got guys who are always going to step up, who are going to play good football. And, you know, Max, when they lost those tackles originally that they had over there a couple years ago, then Max stepped in. I was very impressed, you know, and I've been impressed these last couple years. And like I said, Cherry Creek wouldn't have their titles here, uh, their most recent titles, without Max Parrott, plain and simple. Cody, I don't have any more to add here, uh, but do you want to talk about our one million honorable mentions that we have here? I really, really do. Because the toughest one to leave off as an Arapaho warrior, former Arapaho warrior, was Brendan Crispier. I mean, six foot nine, 290 pounds. He was the tallest guy on this list, and his reach and strength and size were so effortless and definitely popped off the film. He well, technically, in my personal rankings, he would have been our number five guy, actually. Um, but cumulatively, just missed out on the list at that number seven spot. There's also Dylan Berry, another Unco commit, who's going to be a great offensive tackle, I think, in the future. But just a little bit undersized right now. So I think that that kind of hurt him just a little bit here. But as far as a pure pass pro guy goes absolute stud i mean my highest pass pro grade actually went to dylan barry oddly enough and i think that the same was basically for simon so those were the two hardest omissions from this list this list is always so cutthroat man and then there are also some dogs from you know smaller classifications like a colton patterson on that 3a level absolutely dominated at green mountain and there's nothing that he really did wrong i mean Look, he had an 84.7 from Simon and an 85.2 from me. So that put him only one point behind Brendan and a very solid prospect. Definitely maybe the most underrated prospect as far as Colorado tackles go, just because he is sitting in D2 land. And uh, don't let the 3A classification fool you. If you can't offer him, he is a D1 guy. And then Spencer Rathburn, or oh my gosh, Spencer Rathburn here. Um, from Rock Canyon. He just narrowly missed the list as well. He's committed to Wyoming, if I recall correctly. And then the Nebraska commit, Landon Davidson, definitely rode a very strong junior season as well. And uh, he is just on the outside looking in. Coach V, feel free to throw in anything that you had. I mean, gosh, you were at that Grandview game. We both saw Colton Patterson and, or not Colton Patterson, uh, Brendan and what he could do. And I definitely think that after that game, we were like, oh yeah, all PMC guy for sure. And then watching the film and looking at the more finite details, just not quite there. And then uh, Dylan Barry was the big exception that uh, didn't make it for our top five from your list, if I recall correctly. Yeah, um, <clears throat> both great players. Actually, both players were the highest rated pass blockers in uh, this group here. Gave them both nines. I mean, just both really long offensive tackles who, 
don't have to do much to keep edge rushers at bay because they'll get their hands on you before you could even react. And that's an issue. And so, I mean, looking forward to both of them. Uh, Brendan Crisp, he's going to South Dakota. That's a good program. And then Dylan, he's coming to UNC. And Dylan was actually somebody that I got to, you know, I, I kind of found here late in the preseason, this 2023 preseason here to add to our watch list because he really filled out a little bit more here and then followed that up with a good senior year. And so I'm excited about his development. Yes, he is a little bit smaller at 265, but he's also 6'7". And so I think he's going to be fine for us. I think he provides like a legit pass blocker, you know, who could hold down that edge and do a good job there. And so I'm really excited to see what he contributes to uh, UNC here and excited for him to be a bear. And then the rest of these guys, Colton Patterson, underrated. Got to watch him multiple times. He's big time. He could honestly also play guard on the next level too. I think he's still D1. Just throwing that out there. Spencer Rathbun committed to Wyoming. Landon Davidson, Nebraska. I mean, great players there. Russell Hutchins from Fairview took a look at him. Same with Colin Sturm out of Lutheran. Um, Seth Olson from, I believe that's Chaparral. He's 6'7", 260. Just not a lot of film here. And then you had a lot of other guys who might be playing in different positions. So I originally thought about evaluating them there. But most likely you'll see them on the interior offensive line list. One exception being Zach Smith out of Thunder Ridge. He has a lot of tight end film. He's listed as a tight end. But I'm pretty sure he's going to play tackle for CSU. And that's a big boy at 6'7", 280 who can move really well for them. That'll play for them. And so just because he, did, he just didn't have a lot of lineman film, I didn't want to evaluate him really as a lineman here since i mean technically he's at tight end so there you go there um and then last but not least aj burden from cherry creek that's probably the biggest guy we had to leave off this list i don't know why but like all of his clips on huddle are like corrupted which i have literally never seen before there is no highlight reel that we could actually take a look at. And we've seen him play in person. And it's like, like I, I don't know, like it's fine, you know, but it's not enough. Like you're never, we're never ever watching one lineman specifically, especially at Cherry Creek games. So it's really hard to evaluate him without just watching full games. And even then at the games we were at, we weren't exactly blown away. Maybe that could have been changed if we saw more highlights here or some clips that really highlighted uh, certain situations but you know he's going to Iowa State I'm sure he's a good player a good athlete for them over well he's been a good athlete for them over at Cherry Creek but will be another one uh, for Iowa State here soon so just wanted to make sure I mentioned that um, but without further ado Cody do you mind if I talk about the number one tackle here in the class of 2024 in Colorado Let's get it. The number one tackle, senior tackle in the class of 2024 here in Colorado is Fossil Ridge's Gage Ginther, the 6'6", 285-pound tackle here. Let me just go ahead and get into it here, and then, Cody, I'll throw it to you. Uh, gave him some pretty high grades here, 9.4 for versatility, a 9.3 for run blocking, a 9.2 for strength. Some other grades I want to mention, 9.1s for agility and hand fighting. So a couple of nines to start out here. Look, <laughs> this is a kid that I feel like can legitimately play all five positions on the offensive line and contribute at all five positions. 
great run blocker. He's somebody who just has impressive strength and speed and agility. Just a great blend there for somebody at 6'6", 285. And he's a game changer when he's um, blocking and he's out there and he's moving to the next level and he's just knocking out dudes. He causes a lot of havoc out there as a run blocker. And, you know, he does it in multiple ways, whether he's pulling or he's just straight up down blocking. I mean, he does it all, right? And he's great there. Now, when it comes to him as a pass blocker, you know, he has some good skills here. He's a great hand fighter. It's rare that anybody will take him down. I want, I could be mistaken here, but I'm pretty sure they played Cherry Creek last year in the playoffs. Isn't that right, Cody? I could have sworn I saw him go up against Blake Purchase a couple of times. It was, um, it was, uh, or no. Regis. Sorry, Regis. And, sorry. And it's that Hayden Edge Moore. rushing film, which they have some dogs at Edge Rusher at well. Well. They do. Yeah, Hayden Moore was the one I was thinking about. I knew it was a top five guy who, by the way, is over at Michigan, and he dominated that matchup. The, you know, the rest of the team did not dominate that matchup, but he did, you know, and so he did a really good job. And Fossil Ridge, I mean, that's a program over there that has a history of putting out great linemen here. Um, Trey Zoon, I believe, uh, went over there. He is now at A&M starting, I believe. And so that's uh, the kind of... I guess pedigree they have when it comes to offensive tackles over there. And he fit that so well being that next uh, great tackle from Fossil Ridge. And so, yeah, just a great blocker altogether. Physical, fast for his height and weight there. And then I'm just going to go ahead and go into some of the areas of improvements here. Not too many. Uh, gave him an 8.7 for pass protection, 8.8 for reaction time, 8.6 for awareness, 8.5 for footwork. Before before I get into this more here, I will say I graded strictly his senior film here, just looking at different games and whatnot. And I am definitely... I am extremely concerned about this coaching staff. Over at Fossil Ridge. Because the reason is awareness and footwork and pass blocking. I feel like is all a little bit lower. Compared to what it would have been. If I graded him as a junior. Is because it just feels like the scheme does not. The, like the blocking scheme. Does not fit what they're trying to do with their skill players. Whether they're running the ball or passing the ball. Just it all feels so disjointed. And not well put together. And I really just feel like half the time it's just Gage going out there and identifying, IDing, like, all right, here are the guys coming off this edge. I'm going to go take care of him. And then he goes do it. And sometimes it does leave some guys out to dry, I feel. But, I mean, he can't play all five positions on the offensive line. I feel like a lot of it is also on the coaching staff because you have running backs going the wrong way. You have screens that are not synced up really at all. You have passing plays where, like, the line is not ready to pass for a prolonged amount of time. And so they're just blocking and blocking and blocking and eventually just comes down to one-on-ones. And Gage holds up his side while the other, you know, three linemen eventually, like, they can't hold it down because there's not enough help there. And so it's just so disjointed. And so I feel like if I evaluated his film as a junior, this would be a lot higher. His awareness really took a hit because there are times when I'm watching a senior film and it's like, dog, what is like going on in this play? Like, there's not huge problems coming from your side as a pass blocker. 
you usually take care of guys that you engage one-on-one, but it feels like there are blocks being missed there, though. So, there is that. And then, I, this is the only thing he could really work on. Footwork here, 8.5. I think he could be clunky at times, but it could just be his senior year and him being already committed and whatnot. I don't know. I think he'll be fine, though. I, I would like for it to be a little bit smoother here, you know, a little bit quicker here as well. Because uh, I do think he could get a little over-aggressive at times, specifically as a pass blocker, and that's an issue. So, there you go there. That's pretty much the one thing I feel like he could really work on that's not all on him. But, Cody, what do you think about my evaluation of Gage Ginther and, you know, my criticism of the false, the new Fossil Ridge coaching staff? Because he had a different one from junior to, well, basically his first three years to senior year. Well... I can agree that there is a very obvious difference from junior year to senior year. His film is way more impressive, and he's just way more better utilized his junior year. Senior year, you're right. It's such a mess, and, like, I don't know. I feel like we. I can go harsh on him and be like, well, why aren't you communicating? But at the same time, like, he's a high schooler. Like, you're going to do what coach is telling you to do, even if he's kind of stupid. <laughs> so, and this is a Fossil Ridge team that's not lacking talent either. I just want to put that out there. They have some great athletes in multiple positions and just still kind of stunk it up this year. But Gage did not because we, while we did have quite a few different grades in our top fives, looked a little different on an individual level. It was pretty clear that Gage was going to be our number one guy here. I mean, versatility, I also have graded add the high nines here with a 9.3 i mean when you could go d1 at multiple positions it kind of speaks for itself so i think that that is something important run blocking i also had a pretty high i had it at a 9.2 and you know i think that his vision in the run game and his knowledge on who he needs to block is amazing he maneuvers around the field very well i have that at an 8.7 on agility and his follow-through when finishing blocks is clean, and he collects pancakes in both pass or run. But in the pass game, I don't think it's, like, too overemphasized for him to get pancakes. He just literally gets into it. I think that one thing that I saw his junior film, and this is our biggest gap point-wise here, is I think that his footwork is so consistent, and his base is so consistent, and it never ends up in a position where it could be compromised or attacked, really. So I think that between that and when he leaves blocks when necessary and picks up the next block, I think he does that very well, which is why his run blocking is at a 9.2. His awareness is also at an 8.9. And I think that even when he's using, once again, one hand for his strength on certain blocks, it's at a 9.1. To be able to hold off opposing pass rushers, big, small defensive end or edge or blitzers with one hand, you're a dog for that. And he also has like a crazy wing. He might have the best wingspan out of anyone on this top five list specifically because his arms just seem to go on for miles, honestly. And I think that that definitely helps him in his pass pro. And, you know, he has the strength to back it up as well. I think that his stance also looks the same regardless of pass or run, which is important and not giving it away. I think that it just looks a little quirky, you know, with that left foot that's usually at a slight angle. But I mean, if it works and gets you into position for run or pass and it's consistent, I don't really think that there's a problem with that. And I also think that something else that helps out with his awareness that you could see more in his junior year film 
And something that I think was missing from the scheme his senior year is he's not trying to do too much. He trusts his teammates to get the blocks that they're supposed to, and his head isn't really looking that way if he thinks that they really can handle it. Now, obviously, this year with the way that things were drawn up between the X's and the O's on the chalkboard, that was not always the case. And I don't really want to say that was his teammates' fault either. I think that that was just a flaw in game planning. So I do want to point those things out. I talked a little bit about all these categories, obviously. Size at 8.7. I think they get a little bit bigger and that he will, especially for that SEC ball. But he has the athleticism, strength, and knowledge to do everything. I think that his biggest areas of improvement, which are still graded pretty high, is his hand fighting, which is at 8.6. I just think that his hand placement can be a little bit better, but as far as being able to combat different hand fight attacks, he does a great job at it. So not, like I said, not the worst thing in the world. And then his reaction time, I think that that probably played a little bit into the hand fighting and versatility. And his senior year film definitely had something to do with that. And uh, yeah, the, the play calls and just the way that things were drawn up were a bit like perplexing. At times, I think that that had a huge impact on his reaction time. And I just think that sometimes he definitely had to see something and then react to it. And it wasn't as simultaneous at times. So those were my big qualms there for my cumulative score of 88.5, yours of 89.5, making his total score an 89 flat, which also very rarely happens. And, you know, he is our... Depending on how you read into it, at the time of commitment, our second player that we've evaluated to go to the SEC here, Coach V, and that was one of your big takeaways watching his film was, this guy is an SEC guy. Would you like to elaborate on that for the audience here and then just kind of talk about what you see heading forward for Ginther here? Yeah, man. I mean, look, I realize I'm grading pretty hard here. Honestly, he's going to be fine. I think he's going to go to Tennessee. He's going to find a spot there. Uh, like I said, I think he could play all five positions, and he's going to dominate. I think, I mean, we'll obviously give him some time, right? Like, give him a year or two uh, here, and then I think he could definitely compete for a spot. I mean, look, this is the big leagues now. This is the SEC. This ain't no Pac-12 or Big Ten or ACC or whatever. You know, this ain't no Florida State this is this is Tennessee now. And so they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of linemen, specifically from the South, who are gonna be there and they're gonna compete and it's gonna be tough. You know, it's gonna be tough. So it's kinda hard to project where he's gonna be at because you never know where some of these, you know, honestly, where some of these competitions will will go. Because I would say a good half the time, the guys who don't make it as starters or rotational guys for SEC teams go start and become all-conference guys for other teams. And I think that's what he can do as well. And so, honestly, I think he'll be fine. He's a versatile enough player. He's a special enough athlete. I mean, no qualms here. You know, and also, <laughs> before, before we talk about... Uh, this a little bit more here. I do want to shout out. Uh, I actually saw Gideon, our intern today. He does a lot of things for us, but started out as our intern here. And Gideon did Fossil Ridge's season preview. And I remember he told me today that he said on the season preview that he hoped Gage Ginther is ready. And 
primed to have the best season of his life his senior year because he said it would be tough, you know? And then when we made the post on Instagram, Gage Ginther replied to that post with the link to his huddle film. So I think hopefully there's no hard feelings there. That wasn't a shot at you. That's more of a shot at everything else because i feel like this is my personal opinion that your last coach was unfairly fired unless there's something more there but that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying and it obviously affected how the season went because it went how gideon predicted but anyways you know he's a great player and he's somebody who has been the best one of the best players in colorado for a long time now and you know he's some of the best who got to offer and you know it's not like out of the question for our Colorado kids to be a starter on S on an SEC team. It's just not, you know, especially at lineman, you know, obviously uh, we had Trey Zoon from a couple years ago. Right. And hopefully I'm saying the last name, right. But he's starting at tackle for A&M. And then you have Josh Bates, who technically he's going to be playing for Oklahoma, who's joining the SEC next year. So there you go there. So it's not impossible for a Colorado kid to go play and start for an SEC team. If there's anybody who could do it, I think Gage can. Plain and simple. Um, yeah. Don't have too much more to add there. Cody, what do you think about all that? And... Uh, I mean, hopefully, no hard feelings there. I don't know. I feel like posting your huddle link is a is an interesting response to what Gideon had to say on that season preview. But there's no hard feelings there. I'm just making sure that's clear. Now that we've over clarified it, um, Gage, please come onto the show <laughs> so we can get your thoughts on that. But but I also no, think I he's think an that... early enrollment, so I get it if you don't. Yeah. Either way, you know, with obviously any of these guys, we'd love to have you on. But uh, Gage here, yeah, he's going to be fine. And I think that something that he's going to find at Tennessee is stability. And I think that that is going to maybe some of the things that weren't as clear or he didn't get to demonstrate to the full to his full capabilities, because I really do think he was hindered this year. I think that um, he's going to be able to do that. And I do think that the nice if you want to say nice thing about, you know, committing to a Tennessee is he should have time to get a red shirt in there and uh, round out his game with a very competent coaching staff. And honestly, hopefully just start trending towards the NFL uh, where his upside definitely is. He's definitely, you know, high, very, very strong three-star borderline four-star kind of guy. And, you know, looking at, you know, this, Committed class for Tennessee here. They have only one other commit for this class. And also, to be fair, on 24-7, he is listed as an interior offensive lineman. And that's where his versatility comes in super strong for him at that 9.3. The most versatile tackle here, by the way. And that's why he's getting a look to this degree. Is Obviously, everything that he does very, very well... But he's somebody that you can move around the line, which is so valuable to have, you know, when it comes to injuries or just players being smart and being prepared for that. That's it's great insurance to have. And Gage Ginther is absolutely who I'd like to have in that spot as coach. And I uh, can't wait to see him make plays, honestly, and uh, looking forward for all these guys.
So, could be. If you don't have anything else to add on, I'd like to do this final little run through here. Yes, sir. You got it. Gage, go make us proud. Keep up that intensity like you do. He's going to the real U of T, right, Simon? <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, if you have to not... laugh after you say that, you know the real answer to that. Go on. <laughs> uh, I do have to troll just a little bit. But anyways, to go through our top five here once again, at the number five spot, the uncommitted tackle out of Golden, Colorado, Montre Strickland here at an 85.95. And then at the number four spot at a Fountain Park Carson, we got our guy Lincoln, the Unco commit for the Bears here. At number three, Peyton Noble here, the Air Force commit from Ralston Valley at an 87.65. Lincoln, by the way, at an 86. Max Parrott, the Cherry Creek tackle at an 88.15, committed to Purdue. And the number one spot, Gage Ginther out of Fossil Ridge at an 89 overall committed to Tennessee here. Coach V, that reminds me, we do have to go back to that uh, 2021 class at some point and use our rubrics here. Probably after we rework our rubrics once again in the offseason like we basically do every offseason. But after that digression there, if you want to listen to those episodes from all of our top five series, you can anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It, shoot, I looked this up on Google recently, and there's some websites posting podcasts that I'd never heard of. And you can listen to us there. So just Google us. You'll find those podcast spots. You could also listen on YouTube as well, where we post our episodes. And when you're there, make sure to subscribe to us and check out some of our other socials where we post video content as well, whether that be TikTok, at Playmakers Corner. We also post stuff like that as well as episode covers and updates on when episodes come out and a lot of collaborative projects on Instagram at Playmakers Corner. We're also on Twitter slash X at Playmaker Corner here. So go ahead and join the PMC fam here and you know follow that hashtag PMC fam as well as hashtag Playmakers Corner for all of those updates on all those websites. We're also on Facebook as well. Feel free to find us, follow us, share us, subscribe to us, turn on notifications, whatever you got to do to always make sure that you're up to date on our latest content spanning from Colorado high school football all the way into as we transition a little bit here in the women's flag football season. We have lots of great stuff on the horizon for you guys, so we are looking forward to welcoming more followers. And for those who have been rocking with us, thank you so much and thanks for listening today. I have been one of your co-hosts here. Cody Stopper. And I've been the other one, Coach V. Adios. Welcome.